Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. The Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast is brought to you by Triple Threat Sports, Marishka's in Crest Hill, Chuck's Southern Comforts Cafe, Rabbit Brewing in Homewood, Illinois, and by Michael Elwood of Remax First Service, serving the Chicagoland area. Here are your hosts, NBC Chicago's James Naveau and 670 The Scores hockey guy, Jay Zawoski. Let's drop the puck. That's right, friends. We are back. This is a full-fledged, full-bodied, full, wonderful edition of the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. My name is James Navo from NBC5, and with me, as always, is the one and only Jay Zawoski of 670 The Score. Jay, been a little while since we've spoken, but obviously a lot has happened in Blackhawks land. How are things going for you, buddy? For me, everything is fine. I'm glad to have you back. Happy to have you back. It, feel, it felt like you were gone forever. I was gone for uh, about eight days. I left uh, last Monday and got back in... Uh, a little bit before midnight last night. So, yeah, I was uh, out of town for a little while, went out to Arizona, kind of followed in your footsteps, stayed out there with some uh, friends of mine and my uh, dad and my grandparents. Really good time. And while I was gone, the Blackhawks decided to drop four or five games and basically punt away any chance they had at a playoff berth. Yeah. Well, here, do you want the good Blackhawks news first or the bad Blackhawks news first? You know what? I think that it's pretty obvious what the bad Blackhawks news is going to be, so let's go with the good. Okay. The Blackhawks, according to HockeyReference.com, based on 1,000 simulations of the remainder of the season, the Blackhawks have a 1.4% chance of making the playoffs. So basically there are 14 scenarios in which the Blackhawks would make it out of 1,000. Yeah. Hey, that's, that's better odds than the Avengers have. I think you're right. So if you look at this, this is actually really nice. If you go to hockey-reference.com, uh, you can look up. This, I just typed in NHL playoff predictor, and this popped up. So um, I think everybody knows, but let's just update everybody. As of right now, it is uh, March 27th at 843. Uh, the Blackhawks currently uh, are five points out of the wild card. They're behind... Um, Minnesota, who's got 70, Hawks have 76 points. Minnesota has 79. Arizona has 81. 
Uh, both of those teams have played 77 games. The Hawks have played 76. The second wild card belongs to the Colorado Avalanche. They also have 81 points uh, in 76 games played. So they are holding the lead. Even though they're tied in points, they have the advantage over Arizona for the time being. So the best the Hawks can do, if they win out, the Hawks finish the season with 88 points. Okay? So if the other teams sort of fall apart and the Hawks win out, I suppose you can argue that they're not totally dead. Um, but they're, they're pretty much dead. And they've done this to themselves. Oh, yeah. It has been... Um, look, Patrick Kane is out of gas. It's obvious. Uh, you can see it. He does not have the same pep in his step as he did when he was carrying his team on his back. Alex Dabrinkit has run into a slump of bad luck. Um, Jonathan Taves is doing everything he can, and it's not enough. Uh, Brandon Saad is sort of doing the same thing. Uh, Corey Crawford standing on his head, and just night after night after night, the Hawks just keep falling short. That, And I've said this, James, and I'm sure you didn't listen to the postgame shows, but they probably deserve to win most of the games while you were gone. But unfortunately, you don't get two points for a moral victory, and you've got to put the puck in the damn net. And they just, that's the bottom line is they failed to score when it mattered. They were not able to rise to the occasion here during crunch time. And they are on the outside looking into the, at the playoffs. And the other part of this is that even though they're going to miss, you know, now they're not going to get a great draft pick either for most. Which know, is exactly yeah. what we were worried about happening. It was, but Give us one or the other, not neither. And, and it looks like it's going to be neither, which is the worst case scenario. Yep. Yeah, it's uh, I did manage to catch a couple of games while I was out of town. Uh, I did watch, obviously, the Coyotes game last night. I did not go because in a really good uh, moment of planning, I decided to fly back from Phoenix the night that the Blackhawks were there. Really just (laughs) bang up work on my part. I did so good with that. But I did get to watch that game. Uh, Obviously, last night I thought the Blackhawks had some chances to score, but you just, like you said, it just seemed like the chance to score just never really materialized for the Blackhawks. Like the the chance that you thought they'd finally capitalize, it just kind of, I don't know, it just felt like they were snake bitten last night. And it, it just, it was interesting watching the game, watching Corey Crawford make 28 more saves. You really thought that the Blackhawks were going to have a good opportunity last night, but then you had... Patrick Kane only end up with two shots on goal. You had guys like Cahoon, who's been obviously playing some good hockey. He was only had one shot on net. Dabrinkit did have three, but it just it felt like they needed a guy to step up last night. It just didn't feel like anybody had what was left in the tank to do it. Yeah, and a lot of people uh, today and last night were being sort of critical to Jeremy Cowton. Like, well, look what you did. You wore Patrick Kane out. Okay, that's probably, what other choice did they have? Right, you didn't have. There was no one else doing a, a damn thing, so you almost had to do that and just hope, like, okay, if he can just hang on, you know, for six more games or whatever it is, we'll be okay. And he just wasn't able to, and it's totally understandable. And look, maybe he bounces back tomorrow with a nine-shot performance or whatever it is, and he's back to what he was. But he can't possibly. Nobody can every night bring their absolute 100% a game and be a danger every time they have the, the puck the entire game of the entire year every game it's just not possible yeah. and they got stuck relying on him too much and look 
Some of the guys on the periphery have done a nice job of stepping up lately. Like Perlini has been red hot and playing very well. I mentioned Brandon Saad. I think Artem Anisimov's game has been elevated a little bit here. But those guys are not good enough to will you to victory. There's a few guys on this team that could do that. Back when the Hawks were winning Stanley Cups, they had Taves and Kane in their prime. They also had Marion Hosa at the tail end of his prime, but still in his prime. Patrick Sharp in his prime. Brandon Saad was a more effective player because of the depth around him. Artemi Panarin, when he, when he was here, was entering his prime. You had all these guys that could just put you on their back, and when they were all clicking at the same time, those teams were unstoppable. Now, there's only two, maybe three guys on the team that can do that offensively, and and they they all stalled out at the same time, and it was fatal. They, we were in the position where the Hawks could not have any sort of faltering, and here we are. Now the Hawks, for more, all intents and purposes, are eliminated on the outside looking in at a playoff spot. Yeah, I mean, like you said, it's the guys who need to step up that just simply haven't been able to lately. You have Patrick Kane, who I believe has one point his last four games. You have Alex DeBrincat, who does not have a point in his last five games and only has 12 shots on goal. You have Jonathan Taves, who can't seem to quite get everything clicking at once. It's just, it's a kind of cavalcade of things and yeah you've got some kind of second and third tier guys that are stepping up but when your aces are not going out there and performing the way that they need to and that especially is true for Patrick Kane you're not going to win a lot of hockey games and we kind of thought that this was maybe going to be a thing that the Blackhawks would just be dragged kicking and screaming into the postseason by Patrick Kane and it's pretty obvious to me at this point that even though he's still got the ice time, he's logging the ice time of a guy who is double shifting and occasionally triple shifting to try to get something done. He just doesn't have the same explosiveness. He doesn't have the same vision. His hands aren't quite the same. Everything's just kind of a step slower. And you can definitely tell that 76 games into the regular season that he's finally, I think, kind of hit E on the uh the old fuel needle and it just doesn't look like he's got anything left. And like you said, he may have like a burst here and there. He did have seven shots the other night, I think against Colorado, but I think for the most part right now, Patrick Kane is basically running on fumes and the team needed him to uh, be a lot more effective than that. If they wanted to have any chance and it doesn't look like it's going to materialize. Well, yeah. And let's be clear here. I I don't think you or I are being critical of Patrick Kane or Jonathan Taves in any way. Evans. No, it's just, it is what it is. And, Look, we're going to have all summer to talk about what went wrong. But all I've been thinking about since the Hawks lost that game last night was, you know, maybe if you just did what the whole world knew you were going to do and fire Joel Quenville in the summer, you avoid that tailspin and you make the playoffs and maybe you compete a little bit, right? God, these guys have been playing playoff games for almost a month now, trying to get into position to make a playoff run. They almost did it. They almost did it. If they were able to take maybe two more points out of these last three games, we're still talking. They're still definitely alive, all that stuff. But, man, you had that patch where the team was transitioning from Quenville to Cowton where they just could not pull their heads out of their asses for three periods because it was such a different approach. You also had uh, the what appears to be not to be conspiracy tinfoil hat man, but a clear sabotage of Joel Quenville with the free agent moves of bringing in, especially Brandon Manning. Uh, Kunitz played a lot of games late. Cam Ward was everything you wanted a backup goalie to be and more this year. I think he was pretty solid, so you can't complain there. 
but this team got better when Joel Quenville left roster wise. And I heard mentioned on the national broadcast the other night that the Hawks were playing at a hundred point pace uh, in the new year uh, or maybe shortly before that. So look, this team has talent to be competitive. We've seen it, but it just frustrates you there. It feels like a missed opportunity uh, not just this past week, but almost this whole season. Like, man, you knew you were going to fire Quenville at the first opportunity you had, and instead of doing it in the summer like you should have done, you wait because you're scared of like losing ticket sales or whatever, and you want to make the marketing move and not fire a guy while tickets are still available, and you do it midseason, and it just... By the time Colin was able to get uh, things going, and he did was able to get them going very well, it was just too late. It was too late despite how well they played for the last few months. Obviously, the roster still has a lot of flaws to it. I mean, the defense still is nothing to write home about. And we'll talk a little bit more about that later when we start diving in a little bit to the Carl Dahlstrom contract and what I think it means for the team defensive depth wise uh, going forward. But I think you're absolutely right about that point that I feel like the Joel Quenville firing was always kind of the ace in the hole for Stan Bowman. He was ready to pull out that card at the first sign of trouble. It was essentially the break glass in case of emergency kind of thing. And he took the opportunity as soon as he could. And then as soon as he did, they started making moves and they started to get rid of some of the really bad players that they had on this roster who just didn't fit the makeup of the team that they wanted to have going forward. I mean, you you heard it before last season what this team wanted to do. They wanted to get faster, they wanted to get more athletic, and they wanted to get younger. Do any of those things sound to you like Joel Quenville-type things? The answer to that question is no. Yeah, Gar Bowman was They sound like Jeremy Colladin things. And they waited for whatever reason. They waited until in the season to fire Joel. And we can argue all we want about whether or not that was the right move to get rid of Joel Quenville. We talked about it so much when they did it god we talked about that for weeks jay and it just it felt so inevitable and now looking back on it in retrospect somehow it looks even more inevitable like it just the the handwriting was clearly on the wall well and the blackhawks now have the coach that they want the style that they want and it's just it's too late and now you're stuck yet again where you're probably going to be picking ninth 10th or 11th in the draft in june yeah. Well, look, we've got all summer to break down all that stuff, and I, I think I, I want to focus on what's happening now. I know I put us off on that tangent, and we could do three a three part episode on the Joel Quinville firing. Looking and we back, probably on that. will. We, yeah, you're probably right. Um, but before we get into what's happening now, got to tell you about our friends at Triple Threat Sports. Softball season, baseball season is right around the corner. You need a uniform. Call Triple Threat Sports. You're going to look awesome. They'll help you with the logo design, the fit, the cut, everything you want to make your uniforms look great. Whether you just want a t-shirt with one color printed on it or you want elaborate embroidered logos and uniforms, Triple Threat Sports can help you out with whatever you need for your team. Give them a call 708-478-6090 or email Chris at triplethreadsports.com, Triple Threat Sports. If you can wear it, they can make it. So a couple bits of news uh, over the last couple days. Uh, Carl Dahlstrom signs a contract extension today. Uh, fine, nothing, you know, the I think it was $850,000 salary, which is totally reasonable for what he provides. A very modest pay bump from what he was getting this season. Yeah, and uh, and uh, Chad Chris, defensive prospect Chad Chris, signs a contract as well. He'll report to Rockford and finish the season down there this year. So 
two more defensemen in the fold here for the Blackhawks. And man, it, it almost feels like with those guys signing, Slater Cuckoo's been getting the bulk of the gameplay, by the way, over the last little bit. So maybe they're giving him a tryout, seeing what they think. He's going to need a new contract. You've still got Boquist. You've still got Yokoharu. You've still got Bodan. I just mentioned six guys. That doesn't include Brent Seabrook, Connor Murphy, Duncan Keith. Those guys are locked in here for sure. Eric Gustafson's had a fantastic season, and I think that over the last month or so, his defensive game has been much better. I think you say that about a lot of the team, actually. Um, they have been able, over the last little bit, to sort of lock things down at least five-on-five five defensively. Penalty kill, still brutal. Um, but five-on-five, uh, five, the D's been better. Uh, so, man, there, something's going to happen with this defense this year. Someone in this summer is getting traded. Almost has to be. Maybe it's a veteran. Maybe it's a prospect. But it's almost inevitable. You just don't have enough spots to have all these guys in the organization. Yeah, I mean, they're they're very clearly trying to set things up for not only some training camp competition next year, especially with uh, Bodan and... Um, Adam Boquist, excuse yeah. me, who both, I believe, signed ELCs, right? Those guys are both under contract. The clock is going to start ticking on those guys. Like, they they very clearly want to have an open competition for roster spots next season to try to improve this defense over what they have this year. And, yeah, that's likely going to mean that a guy like a Connor Murphy or a Duncan Keith or a Brent Seabrook is going to be gone. And I think the Carl Dahlstrom signing is just yet another example of that. Now, this could end up being something like the Jan Ruda signing where they ink him to a contract, decide he doesn't fit what they're trying to do, and then dump him. You know what I mean? Like, sure. it's not... A contract like that is not locked in stone. They can still send him down next season, and he won't count against their NHL cap. I mean, this is not... This isn't like a cinder block contract that you're not going to be able to move. This is just, I think, a an indication by the team that they're satisfied with what they've been getting out of him. And you can argue all you want about whether or not Carl Dahlstrom has taken significant strides forward during his time in the NHL. I think his development has obviously been kind of slow a little bit. It yeah, hasn't really out. been... Well, I mean, it's de it's a defenseman, and you've talked numerous times about how the development curve for a defenseman is a lot slower than it is for a forward. And sometimes it's not linear. Sometimes it, you know, regresses a little bit. Sometimes it jumps forward. I, I think that Carl Dahlstrom has shown me enough that I'm willing to give him another couple of years, especially on that type of deal where he can be sent down if he struggles. I like the move to sign him, especially for pretty much the same money that he was making. Like I said, I think it's a hundred thousand dollar raise. I think it's a good move for the Blackhawks, but I think more interestingly, it seems to set up basically a free for all competition among all the Blackhawks, young defensemen over who's going to start the next season in the NHL and who isn't. Yeah. And, and I, it's nice to have these options, of course. Uh, but I, you're right though. There, there's going to be, I, I think aside from, I mean, how many are locked in stone? Are you going to give, like, I don't know. I, I still, you know, Connor Murphy, it's a guy that everyone keeps talking about as a possible guy to be traded. For the money he makes and the game he provides and his age, I know he's had back problems, but I've liked what I've seen from him for the most part. He's never going to be a number one or a number two, but he's steady. He's got a little bit of offensive instinct. Uh, lately, he's been playing with a bit of an attitude, uh, so I like that. He's, <laughs> yep. You could see the, his confidence growing uh, seemingly with every game. And like you said, 
no hockey player's development is linear, but I think for the most part, if you're if you're graphing Connor Murphy's time here, it's been an upward incline for the most part. And you part. really can't say that about a lot of the other guys on this blue line. For sure. So I'm not I'm not ready to just trade Connor Murphy because he's the most tradable. Look, if you've got to give up Carl Dahlstrom or someone else to move out Duncan Keith or Brent Seabrook or something like that. They've had to do it in the past with Hosa and with Bickle and all these troublesome contracts they have. Sometimes you got to give up something of value to do it. Well, now is the time where these you've got this glut of defensemen and maybe one or two of them you see as like a potential star. I would say that'd be Yokoharu and that'd be Boquist. Yeah. Like aside from those two, you can convince me on anybody else. Right. And and so if it takes Dahlstrom to move Keith or it takes Ian Mitchell to move Seabrook, okay. Maybe you have to do that, <laughs> right? Maybe you have to bite the bullet to clear that spot. Yeah. I, I that's a very interesting idea that you don't want to just give up a guy because he's tradable, but the problem that the Blackhawks could run into is they do have just too many guys who aren't necessarily tradable. And so you really have to pick your battles on which one of them you're going to give up and which one of them you're willing to throw in a sweetener to get rid of the contract. I mean, we've all seen what happened when the Blackhawks had to trade Brian Bickle. We all know who they traded and we all know what he's doing now. And we, it's just, it's a mind blowing thing to see a guy as a point per game player in the NHL that the Blackhawks had to trade because they had a bad contract on their books. And I don't know what you're talking thing about. about that is, who are you talking about? Uh, I you you've never heard of um Tabo Teravainen. Um, do you remember is. him? Nope. I that that does not ring a bell. Yeah. I'm definitely not like on my floor right now in a fetal position. That's definitely <laughs> not what's happening. Now uh, now I feel like I should be wearing my uh, Carolina Hurricanes bunch of jerks t-shirt. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, but that's what I mean though. Like yeah, the, that kind of thing's gonna happen. But the point ultimately with that was Brian Bickle's contract was arguably better than the ones you're going to be trying to unload if you try to get rid of Brent Seabrook or Duncan Keith. You had to give up Tavo Teravainen to get rid of a $4 million a year contract. What the hell are you going to have to give up to get rid of a contract for about $5.3 million for four more seasons of a 35-year-old defenseman? That is a scary question. Oh, boy. I don't think Carl Dahlstrom's enough. You're you're probably talking. I don't I don't want to say it. I I don't want to utter the words that I'm thinking in my head right now. If you want to get rid of that Duncan Keith contract, of who you would have to give up? Who? Who do you think? I don't say to bring it. I, well, who else would it be? No, then you keep him. You you just keep Duncan Keith yeah. then and keep that blue line the way that it is. You keep him and you and you and you count and you just chalk it up. You cannot <sighs> trade to bring it. I trust me. I do not. I don't disagree with that. I think that if that ultimately is the decision that you have to make at the end of the day, then, yeah, I'm keeping to Brinkett and I'll take my chances with Duncan Keith. You're absolutely right about that. I'm just saying you have to set a realistic expectation for what a contract sweetener would be in order to get rid of one of those guys. And since that is such a high price, you may have to go back to the tradable guy instead of the shoot for the stars and give up a piece guy. Yeah. Oh boy. 
It's going to be one hell of an interesting offseason, man. I I truly have no idea what to expect. Like, usually going into a, a summer, you kind of can say, like, all right, well, they clearly need help here. And, like, we know the Hawks clearly need help at defense. But are they going to go sign a defenseman? I How? I would th- I would think they should. I know, but, like, are you going to give a lot of money to Eric Carlson? No, like, no, gonna, no, 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 no. I'm know, thinking, like, next tier down and then – the question becomes, which of the next tier down are you interested in? And the answer is none. <laughs> right. That, see, that's the thing. Like, And I'm glad that Bowman didn't just sign someone this summer just to do it. Um, that was kind of, while we were frustrated, like, why isn't he doing anything? A lot of the guys that were available were not that appealing as far as free agents go. So I'm looking here at the pending unrestricted free agent defenseman. And I'll just rattle through this. You can give me a yes or no. Uh, Carlson, sure. Uh, Tyler Myers, okay. Interesting, but I'm kind of mad on how, what he's going to be for the money that you'll inevitably well, he, have to give him. He's making five and a half now. He's 29. He will be the consolation prize to the people that don't get Eric Carlson. So you're probably thinking, what, seven or eight million? Yeah, With probably. With the cap going up and all that? Right. Jay Bomeister is 100,000 years old. No. Uh, Alexander Edler, no. Mark Mathot, I'd rather have Jason Garrison. Yeah. Mark Mathot's 34. No. Uh, Nicholas Cronwall is 706. Hey, I cannot believe he's still playing. It's unbelievable. I think, I think you're lying. Dude, he's the guy that almost killed Marty Havlat. That was 10 years ago. Yep. And Nicholas Cronwall was old then. Or at least he <laughs> felt like it, didn't it? Yeah, I feel like he's the same age as, like, Johan Franzen. Yeah. So, like, I'm just going down this list, and there's just no one... Besides Eric Carlson, yeah, is there really a second-tier guy you can look at that you want the Blackhawks to go out and get? There's some depth guys that could help, but there's no one here that's like, oh, you bring them in and they're going to change your D. That's just not – that guy's not there. Yeah. So you're almost better off just like, look, bring up Yokoharu. If Boquist has a prayer, bring him up and see what you can do with him. But there's nothing on that free agent list aside from Eric Carlson, who's going to get $10, 11000000 million. And that's there's no point in doing that. There's no way they can afford that. Um, Did you know the Blackhawks are in the bottom half of salary cap right now? Um, yeah, I think that makes sense because of uh, – doesn't it like prorate so the time Crawford like missed doesn't count as much? And like there's all sort of – like, I believe that's correct, yeah. but then you also have to keep in mind that the Blackhawks will not have Corey Crawford's contract on the books after next season. Yeah. It's – boy, I, I it's I really just don't know what to expect. And I'm excited – like I say I'm excited because I'm just like, holy cow, what's going to happen? I mean, is there is there like a scenario that would play out that you would honestly say would surprise you at this point? If they signed a singular huge free agent. So if they signed like Eric Carlson or Artemi Panarin, that would surprise you. That would shock me, yes. If they traded Patrick Kane or Jonathan Taves. Yes, that would shock me too. I think okay, based so on what we basically that's the level that you would have to get to in order to be surprised. Yeah. So but see, like if you asked me this last summer, would I be shocked if they trade traded Taves or Kane? I would say no. Or, yeah, I would say I would not be surprised. But you see the years that those two guys have had this year? They are they were great, and there's no arguing it. Um, so look, here's a, the other thing. Uh, Marcus Kruger is off the books this year. That's Boy, you got to go re-sign him, don't you? Shut up. Uh, Chris Kunitz <sighs> is off the books at a million. Got to get him back, too. Uh, your restricted free agents are Dylan Secura, 
who <laughs> apparently will never score. Uh, <laughs> David, he is Beavis, yeah. <laughs> David Kampf. Uh, who you don't like. I, he's been better lately. If he's your new Marcus Kruger, I can live with that. Uh, as long as you don't pay him $3.1 million uh, a season. Yes, thank you. Uh, Perlini is a restricted free agent. I'd like to see him back, and you could probably get it done for about a million, I would think. Oh, yeah, that's going to be like – I don't even think that's Richard Panic money. I think that's lower. Yeah, Gustav Forsling and Slater Cuckoo are also restricted free agents. To me, um, that's peace out, bye-bye. They both have had adequate chances, and I just have not – they haven't shown me enough to like demonstrate that they should conclusively be part of the – big free-for-all competition next season, especially if you're unable to move any of those veteran defensemen that we've been talking about. I'm not ready to punt on Forsling yet, and I know we no, haven't seen Of course you're not. I'm just not. I'm ready he's to 22. punt on him. He's 22. Who cares? And I know he's been frustrating. But Extremely. I give him one more year. Ugh. You know, you're I give such him... a nice guy. I'm not nice. I just think that... Nice doesn't win championships, Jay. <laughs> you're right. I am, uh, I'm just too soft for Gustav Forsling. You're a big softy, my friend. I, I just it's tough for me to give up on a twenty two year old defenseman who has been battling injury. Ugh, I just um, there's hey, so when you were... many twenty two year old defensemen in this system. I know. I'd rather give one of them a chance. That's fair. I just you your, missed your it. Hillmans, your whoever else. Yeah. When you were on vacation, by the way, uh Gustav Forsling got the number one star of a game. Oh, for God's sake. <laughs> you know what? Good. Send him out while his trade value is high. I'm try- that's what I'm trying to do. Don't you understand? I'm trying to boost the trade value of these guys. Hey, hey did guys, you hear the Madhouse podcast? Number one star. Sucks. You know what? Like My opinion apparently doesn't hold any weight in NHL circles when it comes to trading guys. So I'm going to go ahead and be the contrarian and say that I don't like him. You go ahead and say that you do. Right. And we'll see who NHL executives listen to. I like that idea. Uh, by the way, I think Stan Bowman should start sending video of the Duncan Keith goal from the other night. Just emailing it and texting it to every GM. Like, hey, look at this. See this See this burst of speed? He's still got it. He even got the puck on net by running into the goalie. You you know darn well that Stan Bowman has got like a shrine set up in his United Center office that another team hires Peter Chiarelli. Oh, He's God. like, come on, do it. Yeah, well, I need someone to tra- I need someone to rip off. Let's go. I need someone to trade Brent Seabrook to, hey. and they'll give me a prospect worth having. You may have missed it, by the way. Pat Foley can't stop telling you uh, that Duncan Keith is like among the league lead in plus minus. Oh, for God's sake! Mm-hmm. Oh, it, is that the same night that Steve Conroy said he was one of the fastest defensemen in the NHL five years ago? That was okay, true. By five the years way, ago. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to say this: Steve Conroy is just fine behind an analyst desk, please put Adam Burrish or Patrick Sharp or Jamal Mayers or whoever next to Pat Foley when Eddie Olchek is not around. Steve Conroy is a bad color analyst. Well, I think part of it, though, is Foley so clearly doesn't like him. He shouldn't. He's bad. But I, it's chicken or egg because I think he was better, and then I think Foley has sort of sapped his confidence. He's Okay. Anybody who says with a straight face, Duncan Keats, one of the fastest defensemen in the NHL, that's not Pat Foley scaring you. That's you have bad hockey that's instincts. True. That's incompetence. That's not good. By the no, way, did I, you... Like I said, I, I will take him on the desk. I think he's fine doing that. I don't like him with the headset on. I just don't. Did you see Pat Foley do the Harry Carey bit last night? Oh, for God's sake. Yes, <laughs> I did. That's so bad. Uh, Oh God! You know what? Give me Ryan Dempster. That's how. That's what I Stop thought. Stop it! That. You bite your damn tongue. 
<laughs> we're having a uh, before we got to take a break here in a second uh, to pay some bills, as they say in the biz. Um, but but instead, we're going to keep, you know, just, no. you know, goofing around and having a jocular good time. We should. We need to have more fun on this podcast. We, we've we yeah. been too serious this year. Anyway, yeah. so uh, we have this on April 4th. The score is giving away season tickets to a listener. And my boss is like, hey, you're going to have someone like a, a former cub come to the broadcast and hang out. I'm like, hey, I'm working on it. He's like, what about Ryan Dempster? I'm like, yeah, yeah, I've I've definitely called him. Yep. Mm-hmm. I want him to come. No, I don't. Lied, didn't you? I did, and no one wants him. Cub fans don't like Ryan Dempster. He does a cheesy impression of Will Ferrell doing an impression of Harry Carey, and he also crapped the bed when the Cubs had two excellent seasons in a row, crapped the bed in the postseason twice. And it was just horrible and couldn't get anybody out. And he, I just, I have no uh, uh, affection for Ryan Dempster. Sorry. You don't enjoy his late night show at Cubs no. convention no, where I he don't. gets Chris Bryant to say controversial things no. that'll ultimately end with a fastball in his ear flap. No, no, I don't like anything he does ever. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just don't. You're, like, you're doing that because he's Canadian. You're racist. Oh, I hate Canadians. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast, by the way. Okay. Whoa, 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 whoa. All right. I have evidence you hate Canadians. What? Every one of your favorite hockey players, what nationality are they? Finnish. That is correct. It just worked out that way. Oh, sure. Yeah. Big coincidence there. <laughs> I have no Finnish blood in me. <laughs> I got it checked. I got my D. I got my 23 and me done. I, I don't Wait, have, you I, actually did? Yeah, I did. What's your pri- what's your primary? Let me guess. Polish. Nope. Irish. Yep. Wow! Look at you go. Oh yeah, man. I, I didn't want to assume because of the gingerness, but that makes sense. Well, I am a I'm adopted. You know that, don't you? Yes, I do. Yeah, that's why I did the test. Um. So yeah, I am I am I uh mostly Irish and English, which is basically the same thing. Yeah, but, pretty uh, much. Mostly Irish. Don't tell them that though; they'll get angry. Oh, I, it's not the same thing politically. It's the same thing, like, blood-wise. Right, right, right. But the crazy thing is, does anyone care about this? I don't know. Probably not, but, you know, we're also going into a commercial break, so they probably already skipped ahead anyway. All right, so here, I'll tell you. I'm 98.2% European. Shocking. Actually, I do have Finnish blood. I have 0.4% Finnish blood. Do you have that sitting in front of you right yeah, now? Yeah, I'm looking at it. I just opened That's it up funny. while we were talking. I like that. Yeah. Um, anyway, so, cool. Long story short, uh, so on 23andMe, you can, like, sign up to get in touch with potential like uh family right like oh like we detect this person could be your whatever so after i took it it detected this woman would be my grandmother my my birth grandmother so i wrote her in hopes that she'd write back like hey you know i was born this time like i don't know that thinks she might be my grandmother it is actually my father's sister my birth father's sister that i got to talk to and chat with over uh, t- there's like a 23 and me like a messenger and found out some stuff about my family and i grew up like half a mile from where my birth father lived very strange and i'm certain i've seen this i i have been in his presence several times like she told me like oh yeah we go to the homewood farmers market all the time i'm like uh what <laughs> I literally live there. So anyway, it's really cool. Um, they're not a sponsor, but it's just something I enjoy doing. And now the government has my DNA. Anyway, yeah, I was about to say, that's the only reason I haven't done it. I don't want the government having my idea. Yeah, you have so much to hide. 
you and your <laughs> you and Look, your life of espionage. Jay, I'm a public figure. I have a blue check mark on Twitter. It's that true. doesn't mean I want to hand the government my blood. All right. They have it anyway. All right. Speaking ah, damn of, it. I knew I knew handling <laughs> pennies would be an issue someday. Speaking of blood, you know what's in the Zdrovich family's blood? Butter, butter, garlic butter. Because yeah. they have been running Marishka's for years and years and years. Go visit our friends at Marishka, six hundred four Theater Street. Family owned and operated since nineteen thirty three. The poor boy sandwiches floating in the garlic butter. The twice baked potatoes. The onion rings, the steaks, the chops, the seafood, everything at Marishka's is phenomenal. James has been there recently. I've been there recently. We should go there together soon. We need to do that. I feel like I haven't seen you in forever. Let's just record a podcast there. Screw it, man. Sounds good to me. We could do that anytime. So go visit our friends at Marishka's. Again, 604 Theodore Street. They're closed only on Christmas, Easter, the 4th of July, and Thanksgiving. Hit them up at marishkas.com. Or Facebook.com slash Marishkas. That's M-E-R-I-C-H-K-A-S. Going to take a quick time out, come back, and wrap up the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. I'm Jay Zawoski. James and Vo here with me. We'll be back in a moment. Me, 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 but also you. The Pharaoh fast-forwards his favorite foreign film. Powder donut. Okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. Oh man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm gonna need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The Name Your Price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose Coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law. The three stars of the week are brought to you by our star real estate broker, Michael Elwood of Remax First Service, serving all your real estate needs in the Chicagoland area. 708-675-1600. Number three star of the week goes to Jonathan Taves with two goals and an assist in his last five games. He was a, a, a one of the biggest contributors offensively uh, over the last little bit. And uh, aside from the goals and the assists and all that, uh, killing at the faceoff dot and also just working his ass off every shift as he's done most of his career. So number three star of the week for me goes to Jonathan Taves. I mean, it's not like I can disagree with that. I mean, he's obviously been trying to fill the Patrick Kane role of uh, just kind of dragging this team into the postseason. Just simply hasn't been able to do it, but its I don't think it's through any fault of his own. I think he's looked really good offensively the last few games. He's had just a really good season overall, and just kind of a bummer that uh, a season that's been this much of a turnaround for Jonathan Taves is going to end kind of in this like NHL hell where you're not going to get a good draft pick, but you're also not going to make the postseason. Kind of a bummer, but I think overall a lot of stuff to kind of take away from Jonathan Taves' season that's positive. So good for him, and yes, a good week also. Number two star goes to Duncan Keith. Two goals, I'm sorry, one goal, two assists, uh, including the game-winning goal in overtime against Colorado. Uh, solid week for Keith. He has sort of uh, elevated his game as a Hawks been playing these quote-unquote playoff games over the last little bit. So uh, I think he deserves number two. James, thoughts on him? <laughs> I'm not going to yell at him the way I yelled at Gustav Forsling, but I think that <laughs> Duncan Keith's kind of obviously had a, a bit of a rough season. Obviously, age is really starting to catch up with him, I think. Definitely slowing down a little bit, but... I also think that he's had kind of these flashes of the old Duncan Keith, and he still plays with a good amount of intelligence. He does make some bad decisions now and then, 
But I think especially lately, I feel like that hasn't been as big of an issue. And I've liked the way that he's been playing on both sides of the ice. And unfortunately, I wish they would have gotten a little bit more of this out of him throughout the season. Then maybe we wouldn't have been talking quite so often about how bad and how uh, desolate this team's defensive intelligence is. And number one star goes to Corey Crawford, carrying a 1.75 goals against and a .940 save percentage over his last four games. Corey Crawford uh, has been really, really good, especially of late. Looking at his season numbers, he is 13-18-0-3 with a 2.91 goals against and a .909 save percentage. Those are not good numbers, but when you look at them uh, with a team in front of him with a historically bad power play, or penalty kill, rather, uh, they're a little more understandable. So I think Corey Crawford really, more than anybody, when the Hawks needed him down this stretch, has really stepped it up. And I think a lot of us had that question of, will he ever be able to be that guy again? And I think he's answered that question again. I don't know if I'm looking to lock him up long-term on a new deal, but he's my starter next season until he can't be. Uh, and I, I think the Hawks wisely move on after that. But... um. Look, he's he's answered the bell here the last little bit, and uh, if there's anyone who uh, is keeping them in games and keeping the Blackhawks alive, even though it's a 1.4% chance, don't forget, it's Corey Crawford. Yeah, and I mean, I agree with you, and I don't think they're going to sign him to an extension that would probably amount to a pay cut. I don't think there's any way on his new deal that he ends up making more than $6 million a season that he's making now, so... I would think it'd be a lot more likely the way you would see is after next season, they probably would announce an agreement on a new contract. I don't think they would do that in season if it was going to be a bit of a downturn in that salary. But yeah, I mean, if you have to point at any single guy lately, that's been just kind of coming in day in, day out and really playing well for the Blackhawks, even if his numbers maybe don't necessarily show it because of the quality of defense in front of him. I think Corey Crawford is definitely that guy. And I think he's, answered the bell in a way that I think a lot of us uh, question whether he'd be able to do after that injury. And you know what? More power to him. I'm glad to see him coming back out and playing with the effectiveness that he's playing with now. For sure. Uh, speaking of aging goalies, did you see the story about the latest one more shift? I did actually see the story earlier, but I'm going to let you uh, kind of set the stage for the listeners. Yeah, with it. I'll let you do the honors. The Blackhawks will be honoring uh, Tony and Phil Esposito with one more shift uh, this season. Um, that will be cool to see. I, Phil Esposito uh, had his better years, obviously, in Boston. Uh, but it'll be cool to see, like, two truly legendary hockey players. And I don't want to say, like, I don't want to say that the Hawks have like left them behind a little bit, but I feel like Tony gets kind of the least amount of credit when they talk about the legends. And I think maybe it's just as inherent to being a goalie. What are you uh, talking about? He signs books with Bill Wirtz all the time. Yeah, I know. I just, uh, by the way, it's April 3rd against the blues. Uh, that one more shift for those two. Is that the home finale? I believe so. I believe it is. Yes. I can't believe we're already to that point of the season Dude, where we're talking about home finale. It's crazy. Uh, I, I just, uh, you know, I, it feels like it's been infinitely long. Like, Joel Quenville getting fired was a lifetime ago. It, it God, It's already been, what, four, almost five months now? Yeah, but at the same time, I'm like, it's it? It's over? It's going to be yeah. over? Yeah. That sucks. But I guess we're just so used to, like, going deep into, you know, all the way through May into early June uh, during the dynasty days that it just when it ends in April you forget how short 
the season can be. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's tough. This is a tough pill to swallow, man, because we discussed it. And again, we've got all off season to get into this. But um, I, I enjoyed this year. I really did. Like, I liked watching this team. I liked watching them grow. They were exciting. There were some unexpected contributors. Um, there was a lot of things about this year to enjoy, and we will get into all those, um, you know, at the end of the uh, season. But, man, I, it just sucks that it's coming to an end this way. But one more shift, Tony O. Phil O? Do they call him Phil O? <laughs> I don't think they call him Phil O, no. No, I've never heard that, but I'm going to do it, damn it, because it's cute. Um, yeah. All right, who else needs a, a one more shift? I think everybody's uh, covered, right? Well, well, we all know that you wanted to say uh, Tomo Rutu. Not, yes, I would give him one more shift. You know who? Has Tony Amani had one? I don't recall him having one, but then again, I didn't recall Ed Belfour having one either, and he apparently did. Well, here's a story. I just That's Googled okay. It. He probably doesn't remember it anyway. I, I, I just Googled it. Uh, Daily Herald, March 7th, 2017. Tony Amani will not participate in one more shift. Why? I don't know. I'm clicking it now. I have no recollection of this story at all. So apparently he was asked and said no. I, I don't. I gotta find out. This is gonna. I, how did I not know about this? I. How did neither of us know about this? This seems like a story that'd be right up our alley. While was, you're looking this up, though, I'll, all right, here, I will uh, throw out another nominee. I got about it. Scott Foster. I uh, shut up. I found it here. <laughs> Uh, sources have confirmed to the Daily Herald, this is John Dietz again, that Tony Amani will not participate in the one more shift promotion. He was scheduled to stay to skate out during a game in February of 2017, but things fell through with the former Hawk who played for Chicago from 93 to 02. Attempts to co- contact Amani were unsuccessful. That's what crazy. the hell could have happened? <laughs> I don't know. I'm pissed now. What? How did the Blackhawks piss off Tony Amati? They paid him a ton of money. I don't know. I, I'm trying to remember if, like, when they let him go, was it like, I don't know, everything? Yeah, was... but why would he have agreed to it then and then backed out? Yeah, I don't know. I see. I don't know. I, this is a new story we got to get to the bottom of. Look Apparently. at that. We're real time learning about. If we for just forgot about this, listeners, just remind us. Madhousepod at gmail dot com. Like it's <laughs> it's very. There's a very likely scenario we knew this and just forgot. Um, because I'm very old and concussed, dude. I hit my head so hard. My you've been in my basement. It's like a really low ceiling. So Extremely, I got to, yes. yeah. Got to my bottom step and I'm like, oh, sh- forgot something. Grabbed it, turned around, wham! Hit oh. my head so hard that I I went to the ground, which I'm very hard to take down. That's the Polish blood in me. I'm hard to knock down. <laughs> um, but, man, I was like, I was really dazed. My neck still hurts. So I'm a very concussed person, uh, especially tonight. So I may have just forgotten. But Tony Amani absolutely deserves one more shift. I cannot believe they had some kind of a falling out over a one more shift. Good grief. Yeah, man. that's ridiculous. I got We got to get to the bottom of that. Um, Tony has put on some weight lately. Maybe he's maybe he's self-conscious. Could be. That could be. I, I can as a as a fat person, I can understand that. Um how's uh, March Fatness going? Oh, by March the way. Fatness is rolling along. The final four have been established, and we have an absolute barn burner. By the time this is posted, the voting will have ended. But I'll k- give you the current uh stats. So the final, the championship of the I'm Fat Podcast, March March Fatness, will be Monday. Oh my god. Twenty nine minutes left in the voting, James. Uh, we posted this 11 hours ago, so it's a 12-hour bracket. Mozzarella ah. sticks versus cheese curds is exactly 50-50 right now. 
It's cheese curds, by the way. 678 votes. Mozzarella chicks and Steve Cur- Steve curds. Steve Steve, curds. Steve Conroy my, curds. No, Steve Curd, my favorite uh, coach in the NBA. Um, oh, okay. That tied 50-50. The other matchup, uh, Bacon has a 59-41% lead over the combo appetizer platter. That was my number one seed. I'm just going to go ahead and say it. I think bacon is overrated. Not that it's bad. I just call I find it overrated. I'd vote for the appetizer platter. Well, look, if you want if you order that, if you're at the right place, you can get bacon as part of it. Um by the way, excellent bacon at Matt's Big Breakfast in Phoenix. They give you these giant like slabs of it that are like dusted in pepper. Oh, it's good. That sounds good. Mm. I'll send you some food pictures after we're done with the podcast. That's okay. I've already eaten too much today. So, all right, one more shift. No such Seriously, thing. Tony Amani needs to go. Eric Daze had one. Um, just trying to think of like other guys that, like Jeff Hackett. If Eric Daze gets one, should Jeff Hackett have one? How about Darren Payne? How about Jocelyn <laughs> Tebow? Oh yeah, All Star goalie. Um, played well in his time here on some bad teams. Yep. They should just do like an, an ABC line one more shift. That'd be kind of cool. That would be cool. See if they can like pull Mark Bell out of a bar and be like, hey, Mark, <laughs> what? What do you want? I could just see like it'd be like an old surly cowboy like, I haven't uh, talked about hockey. Anymore. Pretty sure I saw him get in a fight in my first ever Blackhawks Coyotes game that I attended in Arizona. Did he whoop Jeremy Roenick's ass? I remember that vividly. Oh, my God. Who doesn't? That was a great moment for yeah. me. Sure. I don't remember. I don't even remember what plug he punched in the face, but he did. Yeah, he. You know, the thing about him is we reminisce about players of 15 years ago. Um, he was really supremely talented and just could not stay out of the freaking nightlife. It just, yeah. it just yeah. consumed him. And I mean, I, I guess if I'm a 23 year old, like super good looking, uh, rich athlete, it'd be hard for me to resist too. Mm-hmm. But man, when we we'd go to Stanley's after every game, and he would leave never alone. Let's put it that way. Did he do the uh, shrimp cocktail trick? That's the trick. Yes, that's that's his trick. <laughs> I think you've told that story before. I don't know if I've said it before. I'm not in the mood to tell it right now. But if you ever see me in public, ask me about the shrimp cocktail story, <laughs> and I will uh, happily happily share it for you. All right, let's tell. Uh, we got to get to emails, but we first before that. Got to tell everybody about our friends at Rabbit Brewing in Homewood, Illinois. The time has come, my friends. We've told you this almost all year. And if you haven't gone, you just stop listening and go right now. Yeah, or or just take it in the car. That's fine, too. Uh, Go drink some mythological-level craft ales, man. Holy Lord. You're missing out on some of the best, most inventive, most creative craft beer you've ever had. Uh, Ray and Tobias... They run the place. It is a labor of love. They've been open for just over a year, and they have been incredible partners to the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast and will continue to be. They're also a huge uh, uh, a huge factor in Homewood. They're very helpful. They're very involved. It's a very community uh, place that, that they do a lot. They, they take care of people. It's a great place. Go support them. Uh, look, if you want to come out and go to Three Floyds and go to Hailstorm, they're all here on the south side. You can get to these places easily. I know people think like Homewood is the other side of the world. It's really not. It's right down Halstead. I wouldn't take Halstead directly because you might get shot in the face. But, you know, it's a straight shot south. <laughs> Jump on the, uh, you know, Metro Electric. You'll be here in 15, 20 minutes. So go to Rabbit Brewing. They'd love for you to visit Three Floyds and, the, and some other breweries in town. Make a day of it. But go check them out. 
they're on Brett's drive behind the Home Depot and Homewood. Um, the time has come, like we say, to drink mythological level craft ales. Visit the Southland legend, Rabbit Brewing in Homewood, Illinois. James? Ooh, by the way, we have an update on Chad Chris. Uh-oh. Made, made his uh, Black Ice Hogs debut this evening. Gorgeous steal and a no-look pass for his first career professional assist. Beautiful. So good for him. That's great to hear. Yeah, the Ice Hogs are playing the Milwaukee Admirals tonight. Did you see, uh, speaking of Blackhawks defensive prospects, Adam Boquist, four what? Okay, goals. what hasn't he done this season? He had four goals last night. Good God. Four. He's really fun. That's that's good for those yeah, I, for those not inclined with hockey. You are yeah, right. Four goals is good. All right, you ready for the email of the show? I guess. Let's do it. Email the guys at madhousepod at gmail.com or follow them on Twitter at madhousepod. The email of the show, as always, is brought to you by our friends at Chuck's Southern Coverage Cafe with locations in Burbank and Darien. Visit chuckscafe.com for details and locations. You've got to check out their menu. There is something there for everybody, the Cajun, the Mexican, the barbecue, but you got to make sure whether you're going to Darien, going to Burbank, check out the specials menu Oh, that's where the best of the best stuff lives. Check out their specials. Check out chuckscafe.com. You will not regret it. The email of the show today is short but sweet. Our buddy Weird in Brookfield. Weird in Brookfield. Got a traffic alert from Brookfield today that the zoo was backed up traffic-wise so badly that it had gridlocked several city streets. So you stay weird, Brookfield. You stay weird. I love the Brookfield area. It's true. Galloping Ghost Arcade, one of my favorite places in the entire area in Brookfield, Illinois. All right, well, Weird in Brookfield says, Duncan Keith now has 98 career goals. Does he get to 100 this year, next year, or the year after? <laughs> <laughs> now, that's just mean-spirited, first of all. Weird. Uh, but I like it. Okay, first of all, coming from <laughs> coming from me, who did the Duncan Keith shot tracker last year. Yes. There's nothing mean-spirited about that question. <laughs> Well, I want your answer. Is he going to get two I, more goals? I'm going to say next year. My, if oh, I'm hell ve- no, he's not going to get it this year. No, no, he'll get it next year, probably at about game sixty. Okay. Yeah, that sounds about right. That sounds about right. Yeah, that's funny. That's a good email. That's why I chose it. That's a it. great email. I'd like to laugh. <laughs> we Duncan Keith, by the way, number two star of the week. Got to be knocked down a peg a little bit. All right. You know, I don't want him getting Can't let him big get head. Too, too confident. Yeah, because I know those Norris trophies and Stanley Cups and Conn Smythe trophies didn't do it. It was uh, the emailer of the show or the number two star of the week <laughs> on the Madhouse Hockey Podcast uh, late right. in the season in 2019. That's what's really well, once pro- again, you're being racist against Canadians. If he was Finnish, you wouldn't be saying this stuff. Well, he'd have more than 100 goals if he was Finnish. That's accurate. If he was Duncan Keekinen. He'd be way better. <laughs> Duncan Duncan Keekin and Yes. Uh well, all right. Let's wrap it up. You ready? You ready yeah, to wrap this up? Slap happy. It's time to wrap up. All right. Well, thanks everybody for listening to the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. Uh we're not going anywhere. I know the season is all but lost, but we're gonna keep doing post game shows. We're gonna keep doing full podcasts. As the off season rolls around along, we'll be doing one full podcast a week. At some point we're gonna hit the lull where nothing's happening. So it might be one or two a month, but we're going to be here. We don't go away during the offseason, so stick with us. But, look, we still got about two weeks of hockey to go. We will cover things during the playoffs. Uh, By the way, in a couple weeks, we're going to need to adopt our playoff teams. So if anyone here, if anyone listening 
has a suggestion for who to adopt and why, send us an email, madhousepod at gmail.com. It's going to be very hard for anyone to convince me to not root for Calgary, but if someone comes up with a good argument, I will listen. So email us, madhousepod at gmail.com. Let us know who you'll be rooting for and why, assuming the 1.4% chance of the Hawks making the playoffs does not come to fruition and they are golfing in April. But with that, I want to wrap things up for my partner, James Naveau. I'm Jay Zawoski. We both want to thank our sponsors, Triple Threat Sports. For all your team outfitting needs, call Chris, 708-478-6090. Marishka's in Crest Hill, family-owned and operated since 1933. Chuck's Southern Comforts Cafe with locations in Burbank and Darien. Visit chuckscafe.com. Rabbit Brewing, the time has come for you to drink mythological-level craft ales. Visit the Southland legend, Rabbit Brewing in Homewood, Illinois. And, of course, our star real estate broker, Michael Elwood, with REMAX First Service, 708-675-1600. Find your dream home with Michael Elwood of Rabbit of Rabbit Brewing, of REMAX First Service. He's been he to Rabbit Brewing. He's been to Rabbit Brewing. I know this. Absolutely. Michael Elwood goes there often, as any normal person should. With that, going to wrap things up. Thank you all for listening. We'll be back very, very soon on the next Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. At Acuity Insurance, we believe the things you do for your business are heroic, and you deserve someone equally heroic to protect them. We put our all into covering your business so you can focus on the things you love most. That's the power of heart. Acuity Insurance, wholeheartedly for you. Hey, we haven't even pulled away from the drive-thru and you're already digging in the McDonald's bag. Aw, babe, just a few. (laughs) All right, I guess I can't blame you. Pass me some, too. (laughs) The smells too good to get it all the way home meal. There's a meal for every moment at McDonald's. And now your favorite spicy chicken McNuggets are back. Get a six-piece spicy or classic for just two bucks, only at McDonald's. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal.